Welcome to Down with the Dig. I'm Shella. And I'm Matt. This is a podcast presented by the Ohio Laborers Union to keep you connected to your labor family. This is Down with the Dig. Today's guest enjoyed a long career in law enforcement before exploring a career change and becoming a construction worker. We would like to welcome Pamela Braddock, a member of Laborers Local 245 in Ashtabula, Ohio. Welcome, Pamela. Hi. Pamela, how long were you in law enforcement? Um, Actually, I'm still, uh, to this date, a certified police officer for the state of Ohio. I have a 15 years background in law enforcement. Um, Decided I needed to change a career and went to laborers union. Once you decided to change careers, how did your construction career start? Well, when I went into construction, I originally went in as a pipe layer for um, local business in town. After COVID happened, um, it was hard finding work. They had a lot of jobs that were shut down. So I kind of took a leap of faith and put my resume in, my application in with uh, Koski Construction. So what got you interested specifically in being a laborer? Actually, my neighbor has been in the laborers for years and um, they were needing a driver at the time. And uh, like I said, I was looking for a career change. Um, Things had gotten a little monotonous and uh, I don't want to say I got complacent, but it just got to a point in my career where I was ready for a change. And uh, with raising my granddaughter, it was more money and a lot less stress. So I put my application in and that's how I actually got into the laborers to begin with was from my neighbor referring me to this company. When you became a laborer, did you think that it would be safer than when you were a police officer? In law enforcement, you're always watching your back, no matter where you're at. If you go out to dinner, if you go to the grocery store, um, after 15 years, you tend to arrest a lot of people. So (laughs) (laughs) you're always watching your back. Um, Especially in a small town, right? Exactly. Small county, not even town. (laughs) Um, I thought it would be a lot safer. Um, Holidays and weekends off, which you don't get that in law enforcement. Yeah, I thought that it would be a lot safer. Since construction workers work close with law enforcement on road construction, did you think this would be a smooth transition? I actually submitted my resume and application to Koski Construction, and I was hired through them, um, and they put me on to start as a flagger. So uh, with my background with law enforcement, it was pretty much a good fit. You know, I directed traffic and um, dealt with traffic for 15 years. So I really liked it. I enjoyed it. I, I, it was a good job. You said that you felt safe, but then one day the unthinkable happened. Yes, I was on the job on July 7th, uh, 2020, and it was at 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, we were paving a roadway. I was flagging traffic that was coming northbound, facing southbound, and a uh, vehicle came out of nowhere, and I was struck at 45 mile an hour. Oh, gosh. I remember everything. I never lost consciousness from the time I was struck till the time I was actually in the emergency room. Um, So, yeah, I remember laying face down on the ground, just praying to God I made it. Um, He had, when I had gotten hit, uh, my lung was punctured, so I couldn't breathe. I was having a hard time breathing at the time. You probably had the frightening thought that you would never see your family again. Throughout the whole event, yeah, that was was the hardest part. Uh, As soon as I got hit and I landed, all I could think of was my granddaughter. 
um, just kept on running through my head. Oh my God, I got to be here for her. You know, I have custody of my granddaughter. She's five years old right now. And uh, I've had her pretty much since she was born and had custody since she was eight months old. So all I could think of is, oh my God, what's going to happen to her? And I just kept on telling myself, breathe, breathe. You know, you got to breathe. You got to get through this. And uh, thank God I, there was a passerby. Actually, she was behind the vehicle that struck me. Uh, she jumped out of her car and ran and she stayed with me the whole time. She uh, talked me through it and held my hand and swore she'd stay with me until I went into the ambulance. She was a wonderful person. There are some really good people out there, that's for sure. Yes, there are. And she was an angel that day. For any of our listeners that may not be construction workers, you know, can you give a description of what it's like to be there with the cars driving by at, at such a rate of speed? Pretty much for the most part, a lot of drivers are pretty cautious and aware but you just have those few that don't pay attention. They're distracted with either cell phones or eating or whatnot, and they don't pay attention. And yeah, actually that same exact day, uh, the other flagger that was on the other end had been struck, but he, he uh, actually didn't get injured. His radio had flown out of his hand and uh, it broke his radio. So that was probably prior 30 minutes to when I got struck. Pamela, had you ever had any close calls before this incident? No, that was my first. So when you got to the hospital, what was the extent of your injuries? Uh, I have three fractures to my pelvis. Um, I literally have seven screws and a plate holding my pelvis to my spine and holding my pelvis together. I have uh, I had nine broken ribs, a punctured lung, a lacerated liver, a fractured shoulder, and separation from soft tissue and muscle in my left leg. Pamela, first, will you be able to go back to work? And then secondly, do you want to go back to work? Well, it's kind of frustrating on two levels, okay? Because it's like, will I be able to do the work again? Um, I'm kind of at a point right now where I feel like I've hit a plateau where before I could see a difference and a change in what I was able to do on a daily basis. And now it's like I'm kind of stuck where... Uh, I still can't do what I used to be able to do, but I'm a lot better off than what I was when I first was injured. Um, so that that's huge to me, not knowing, <clears throat> having the unknown of not knowing where my life's going. As far as going back to work, ooh, I don't ever want to hold a flag again, if that's what you're asking me. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't blame you at all, not wanting to go back to work after what you've been through. I don't know that I could do it. Well, like I had said, uh, 15 years of law enforcement, I just, I thought that with that alone, I was so qualified for this position. And to have that, ha I mean, I just didn't even see it coming. I, 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 I didn't see them until the last second and it was too late. And I, what I was doing is I was checking on traffic to see the last vehicle he had called out, went to look back and there he was. Wow. It was almost like in the blink of an eye that all this happened. Yes. Yes. It was that quick. And uh, God bless these guys that are out there flagging because it, it's before, I guess it didn't really dawn on me. And, and I, you didn't think about it. You just went to work and you did your job. But after an incident like this, yeah, I definitely have to think twice before going back out again. I have friends that are flaggers, and they have told me just horrible stories about being called names, being threatened. They've even gotten things thrown on them. Exactly, and that's I've 
talked to one of my coworkers prior before the incident and everything. And I said, you know, it's like, you're wrong if you do, and you're wrong if you don't, they want their roads fixed, but yet you're out here doing the roads and you're wasting their time. You know, they, they just don't have the patience for it. And we're just there to do a job. We're not there to cause anybody any issues with the way that their day goes, you know, <laughs> but yeah, they, I've had some really rude comments thrown at me while I was out there. It's sad that the driving public doesn't realize that you're out there trying to make the roads safer for them. Exactly. What was your coworker's reaction after the incident? I know that my supervisor is very, very irate. I talked to my other coworkers. They were great. They were phenomenal. They were sending me meals to the hospital so I didn't have to eat hospital food. I mean, they were just, and Koski themselves have just been wonderful throughout the whole thing. Very understanding. And uh, it, it's, it's not been a bad experience with the employer or my coworkers at all. What about the union? Did the union step in and, and help out in any way? Twofold. Yeah, the union's been there through the whole thing. Um, all the different unions, um, the laborers' unions from around the country, actually, uh, stepped up and really helped me out when the incident first happened. I didn't have any income. Uh, workers' comp was held up until that got approved. Yeah, they really helped me out mentally, financially. Um, just I, I can't say one bad thing about the union themselves either. Uh, our union rep for 245 has kept in contact with me on a monthly basis. And when it first happened, she was contacting me weekly to make sure that I was okay. She stopped by to see me a couple of times. Uh, when I came home, my driveway and yard were loaded full of signs, welcome home, balloons, the whole nine yards. I mean, they've really gone out of their way. Your union rep, Nicole Dillagianis, is definitely a good one. Yeah, she's pretty amazing. And she, you know, and the thing with Nicole, too, is you tell her, you know, I really appreciate you. You go over and above and she's like, that's my job. I'm not, no, it's the person you are. I've dealt with unions before like in law enforcement, and that's not even near the response that you get. Um, like I said, there's nothing bad that I could say about any of them. It, it's, they've been there 110%. So you mentioned you don't want to be a flagger anymore, but uh, I get the impression you do want to get back to construction in some way, right? Most definitely. And so what kind of jobs do you think uh, you'd like to, to pursue once you're able to get back on the job site? I'd actually like to get into health and safety, um, working with the union themselves. I think that I would, with my qualifications, I think it would better suit me. And I, I feel that I could be an asset to the union. So your work as a police officer, as a union laborer, as an injured union laborer, that qualifies you to be an advocate for safety. Exactly. Um, so I'm just kind of keeping my options open right now. I feel I don't want to leave the union. I don't want to leave the laborers. They've been absolutely amazing. But I also have to look out for myself as well. I feel um, I don't want to go back on the job doing a job where I'm going to be in pain every day or having to take medications in order to control that pain. That's not me. I'm not. I have a hard time taking vitamins. So, <laughs> Well, quality of life is certainly, you know, more important than, you know, sacrificing yourself to do a certain job. Exactly. And 
So obviously you've had an experience with a, a distracted driver and in fact two incidents in one day on one job site, but you probably saw some other stuff as a police officer. So what what's your message to drivers that are on the roads today about distracted driving? Slow down. Stay, you know, it, s- slowing your vehicle down 5-10 miles an hour and actually doing the speed limit isn't going to cost you that much time. Uh, you're in an accident, you're not being aware of what you're doing, is going to cost you a lot more time and a lot more heartache in the long run. Um, put the devices down, stay off the cell phones, pay attention. Um, it's life-changing. Uh, sometimes people even lose their lives in those situations. And uh, I know myself, I wouldn't be able to live with that if it was me. So uh, put the devices down and slow down. That's my advice. I mean, I've, I've seen a lot. I've seen in law enforcement, I held a woman while she passed away in front of her granddaughter. Uh, I held another guy and was speaking to him one minute and he passed in my arms. Um, and that was a motorcycle accident. Uh, just slow down. Besides your job, I know you want to get back to other activities with your granddaughter. Actually, I was going to sign her up for t-ball this year. Um, I have a long history of softball in my family. I've played since I was her age. Um, even after I got out of school, I played on the school league and then played on a co-ed league and then went on to teach or coach my daughter's leagues when they were old enough to play. So, yeah, I'd like to get back into that. Um, right now, I just don't know if that's going to be something that I'll be able to do. Um, I have good days and bad days. Uh, some days I feel like I could take on the world and then the next two days I'm down because I'm hurting so bad. So it's just all kind of up in the air right now. We're so happy to have you here and thank you so much for sharing your story with us. I, I really appreciate you guys inviting me and wanting to hear about it. Um, you know, the one thing about this whole chapter is that I think when you get injured on the job, you think that people just forget about you, especially when you're dealing with attorneys and bureau workers comp and just everything. It's you feel you get to a point where I think you feel like you just exist. And especially with this COVID going on, you can't get out, you can't do things, you can't be around that many people. So it's really hard. And uh, I just, you know, any of the other coworkers out there, union members that are in the same position as me. Just keep your chin up. Hopefully it gets better for all of us. Pamela, we're all here rooting for a full recovery for you. And we're so thankful that you're here sharing your story with us and with our members. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys. You've done so much so far and it's, I I couldn't even, I never even expected or even thought with everything that they've done. It's, It's just amazing how they pulled together and really helped. We are one big family. <laughs> yes, yes, I, I found this out. And, you know, the sad thing is I was I was speaking to my mom and I said, you know, 15 years in law enforcement and I, I had a couple surgeries during the time I was in law enforcement and I might have had maybe one officer call and tell me, hey, how you doing? Or just to check on me. Uh, when this incident first happened, my phone was nonstop. It was just amazing. Uh, one year in the laborers union and it just, the people are so compassionate and caring. It's unbelievable. 
One of our biggest priorities here at Ohio Laborers is work zone safety. What are your thoughts on how we can get that word out about driving safe in those work zones? I threw it through my head a lot after the accident. Um, what could make a safer work zone? And I don't want to say because we did everything possible that day. I mean, we had our signs set up um, at the proper distances. Uh, I mean, everything that we did, we couldn't have done anything better with what we had, you know, and, and how we were trained to do it. But then I sat there and thought about it. And I'm like, you know, in law enforcement, I never had this problem due to the fact that my reds and blues were going. Uh, people could actually see me way before they got there. But I, I feel that the lights have a big thing to do with it. And I'm not saying on a construction site we should always have to have a police officer there. But I do feel that if we had more lights, um, like say Perez, uh, on the freeway, you see the arrow lights or signs that are lit up and stuff like that. I'm almost wondering in my head, you go through all these different construction companies, and I've seen it many times where construction companies would leave for the day and not take their signs down. So these people that are used to driving that route might say, okay, well, the signs are up and they're not out here working, so I don't need to slow down. So the next time they go to go through that site or that zone, they might have that same mentality or become complacent to the fact that they might be out there working because the signs were up prior and no one was there. So I think that if there are lit signs and if workers become a little bit more aware of taking the signs down at the end of the day, end of the day or the end of the job, that that would help a lot. Hopefully it'll become a part of our culture that when you see those flashing lights that you slow down and you get over. We appreciate those suggestions, especially for somebody who, you know, has has lived the life of a flagger and and knows what that traffic is like. And, you know, we've talked to uh, various different people on this show before from ATSA and from the Department of Transportation. So we're certainly, um, you know, take your suggestions and pass those on to the right people and, and see if we can't get any traction on those. Well, Pamela, we can't thank you enough today for joining us and sharing your story with us. And we wish you uh, continued recovery in your health and uh, for both you and your granddaughter to get back to normal very, very soon. Thank you very much. You know, Shell, too often we hear stories where our construction workers are hidden work zones and they don't survive. So it was nice to be able to talk to someone who was able to make it through that incident and is on the road to recovery. I was just so saddened when she talked about the minute that she was hit and all she kept thinking about was to breathe, to breathe so she could get home to her five-year-old granddaughter. That would just be frightening to me. Absolutely. And, you know, it's nice to hear that the union has stepped up and really made some resources available to her to help her through this time. And I do want to mention that if you are in an incident like this and you do need someone to talk to, the International Union does provide critical incident support and counseling services. So if you're in need of any such services, please reach out to your local union, reach out to us at the benefits office, and we can make connections for you to help you get through these situations. And thank you so much for listening to our podcast. When we have episodes like this, we're trying to get that message out there to drive safe so that we can get all of our brothers, sisters, moms, dads, 
home to our families. And by you listening and subscribing to us, you help us to spread that word. And, and we really do appreciate that. And our members appreciate that. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us today on Down With The Dig. Be safe out there. Well, now you're up to date. Views and comments expressed on this podcast may not be those of Ohio Labor's District Council or LIUNA. Thanks for listening, and let's be careful out there.